Hello, welcome to the Rowan League Podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Ty Rowan. Today's episode, we're going to look at the NFC East and how the offseason has shaped those four teams. The Commanders finished last last year with a chance to hopefully finish in the top two this upcoming year if everything breaks right. Unfortunately, the Eagles have strengthened their grip on the division after winning the NFC East and the NFC East as a whole last year. I'll give you my take on how I think the division will shake out next year. With all that, let's get to the pod. So let's first, we'll start with the Cowboys. alphabetical order here. Um, Dallas went 12-5 last year, obviously making the playoffs, winning a playoff game against Tampa at home, um, and then losing the second round to San Francisco. They finished 12-5. Um, their big additions was trading for Brandon Cooks from the Texans. Cooks is going to be another good number two receiver for them. Um, not the player he once was, but still a solid, you know, deep threat opposite of C.D. Lamb. Um, to join C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup uh, to form a pretty solid trio for Dallas. And um, they also traded for Stephon Gilmore from the Colts to play opposite of Trayvon Diggs. Gilmore, another guy, is not who he used to be. Um, and someone that, you know, I think teams will target with Diggs uh, on the other side. I think Diggs did take a step forward last year after he was mostly a um, kind of feast or famine type of corner, allowing the most yards of any corner in 2021. And, and you know, I think he had 11 interceptions, whatever it was, a crazy number that he had. Um, it went down last year, um, but he, he did become a better cover corner, in my opinion. Um, so Gilmore's someone that they brought in. That's more of a name value to me. Again, I just don't think he's a player he was he, what he used to be. Um, they also signed running back Ronald Jones from the Chiefs. Um, he was drafted by the Buccaneers. And he didn't play much for Kansas City last year, but I think they're really counting on him to basically split with Tony Pollard or at least be a semi-threat um, after they released Zeke Elliott. Um, they lost Dalton Schultz a free agency to the Texans. Zeke is still a free agent after they cut in him. Noah Brown also went to the Texans, who was a good fourth receiver for them, slash special teamer. They also lost Connor McGovern in free agency. Um, so Dallas, to me, you know, kind of the same story, a very similar team as last year. Um, draft, they did, they did draft defense tackle Mozzie Smith in the first round from Michigan. They get tight end Luke Schoenmaker in the second round to help replace um, Dalton Schultz and the Marion Overshone, the edge rusher from Texas in the third round, um, has a chance to be a solid rotational edge rusher for them. Um, as a whole, again, I think Dallas is pretty much the same. A lot of their season is going to rely on how it usually does and how Dak Prescott plays throughout the season and how he plays in the playoffs if they get there. Um, I think Tony Pollard is a very good running back for them, but he's coming off you know, a pretty serious leg injury. Let's see if he's ready for week one. They have good weapons, obviously, with CD, Michael Gallup, Brandon Cooks. Um, we'll see how Schoonmaker uh, and um, that tight end room straps up after Schultz leaves. Offensive line is still pretty solid. Tyron Smith, I think, is going back to left tackle. I'm not sure. Maybe he's switching over to right tackle full time again, like he did last year. Tyler Smith was a good freshman pick for them last year. Um, defensively, they're still pretty solid. Uh, obviously, Micah Parsons is one of the best defensive players in the NFL. Molly Smith is hopefully going to help with their interior rush defense, which was you know, pretty porous last year. Um, Marcus Lawrence still on the edge. Leighton Van Der Esch. Michael Parsons is going to play DN full-time opposite of DeMarcus Lawrence this year. Um, like I said earlier, Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore at corner. And safety-wise, they still have J. Ron Curse and Donovan Smith uh, and uh, Malik Hooker. So Dallas is, again, a solid team. What everyone knows with them is that it really depends on how they play in the playoffs. Um, they did fire Kellen Moore, and Mike McCarthy is back to calling plays um, for them and to see how they go. I think it's a feast or famine year for Mike McCarthy as he enters year four for them. Next, you have the Giants um, coming off a really surprise 9-7 one last year. I think they had a really good coach last, they had a really good coach last year, and um, Brian Dayball, I think, it really, really helped them. 
and how they it really shocked everyone. Uh, Daniel Jones got a huge contract extension, which he wasn't worth, but that's the way the market value is. He's a solid top 15, top 16 quarterback in the NFL, and he's getting paid like a top five quarterback, which, again, he's not. He did have a good year last year. Um, but, you know, he, he, his added element of the run game really helped his progression last year under Dayball. Um, so it's interesting if they, you know, basically jump build on that going forward they did add some more weapons they traded for Dalen Wall- Darren Waller from the Raiders a former um Raiders Pro Bowl tight end to give a third round him third round pick his issue recently has not been able to stay healthy um, he hasn't been able to play a full season these last two years but last time he did play a full year in 2020 2020 and he's one of the best tight end in the NFL um so that's a solid addition for the Giants they also signed linebacker Bobby Okariki from the Colts I think they overpaid for him but he's a good solid linebacker for them to have um they signed corner Armani Orarie from the Lions, um, another, I think, underrated player that was for the Lions and former Penn State Nitty Lion. Signed multiple receivers. They signed Jameson Crowder, obviously the former Washington football receiver. Uh, Paris Campbell from the Colts, I think, is a pretty solid you know, pickup for them after he was able to finally stay healthy last year for the Colts. He has the potential to be a good number two receiver for them, and they also picked up Bob McCain, obviously the former commander safety. Um, Giants, like I said, they're going with more, I think, quantity than quality at that receiver group for them. They still have Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, Lucas Cager, um, uh, Wondell Robinson, their second-round pick in 2022. Um, so let's see how that you know goes for Daniel Jones next year. And obviously, a lot of their offense is based on Saquon Barkley. So if Barkley's back next year, which he is on the tag, um, as long as he doesn't hold out, uh, this team is still going to be pretty formidable on offense. Um they have a good offensive line for the most part. Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal struggled as a right tackle this year. Um, they did lose Nick Gates for agency to the Commanders. They did draft John Michael Schmitz in the second round to place him defensively. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is going to take a step in year two and become a you know, pretty really good edge rusher for them. Like I mentioned earlier, Bobby Okarike, a middle linebacker, is a good pick, good pickup for them. Uh, good interior defensive lineman, Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence after he got his extension. Um, corner-wise, like I said, Amani Uwari is a solid number three corner for them. Um, they still have Adoria Jackson if he's able to stay healthy. Um, Julian Love, they lost in free agency to Seattle um, at safety, uh, but they still have Xavier McKinney. Um, I think he's got a really good you know, young safety in the NFL. is only going to probably get better. Um, and then they did draft Deontay Banks in the first round from Maryland. Um, he had a really nice pro day, really nice career in Maryland. Good size. He's going to start day one, in my opinion, opposite Doria Jackson. So um, we'll see how he does for the Giants. I don't expect the Giants to overachieve like they did last year. I think um, the roster still is not the greatest, but they had really good coaching. And maybe I'm being a hater, but I, I think they are going to take a step back. Then you have the Eagles, um, obviously NFC champions last year, 14-3. and three. Uh they lost a lot of pregnancy, but they did, you know, were able to add some components to their team. They had Rashad Penny from Seattle, who's a good running back when he's healthy, but he's not healthy a lot. So um, he could be a good home run threat for them if he's able to, you know, give them 10 or 12 games. They signed Nicholas Morrow for from the Bears, who I think is a quality linebacker that no one really talks about on a cheap one-year deal. Um, obviously not a star, but I think he's a good quality um, middle linebacker in the NFL. They signed Justin Evans in safety, Marcus Mariota at quarterback to back up Jalen Hurts cornerback Greedy Williams, who never really had that breakout for the Browns, um, coming at LSU four years ago. Uh, safety Terrell Edmonds, a former Virginia Tech Hokie, come over from the Steelers. I look for him to play a big role after what they lost for agency. Um, obviously, the big story for them was the huge extension for Jalen Hurts, who's now a top three quarterback, uh, compensation-wise, in the NFL. Um, obviously, he is a very good quarterback, um, but that team is definitely going to start losing pieces like it did this offseason with him you know, having that high cap, cap number going forward. Um, so I think their best transfer to the Super Bowl was last year and probably this year. 
so let's see what they do because like I said they're going to start losing you know um, players left and right due to that you know like I said high cat member from Jalen they did trade for DeAndre Swift during the draft that was a good pickup for them um, they have a nice running back room not a true number one in my opinion but a good solid piece is built up a nice um, you know basically trifecta between DeAndre Swift, Boston Scott, excuse me, DeAndre Swift, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell, and Rashad Penley if he's able to stay healthy. They obviously lost Javon Hargrave for the 49ers. Um, he had a huge contract left for San Francisco. Miles Sanders left for Carolina. TJ Edwards left for the Bears. Isaac Samalu, this guard, went to Pittsburgh. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson went to the Lions on a one-year deal. Safety Marcus Epps went to the Raiders. Kaiser White went to the Cardinals. Andre Dillard, the former first-round best tackle, is now in Tennessee. Minshew's with the Colts, and Zach Pascal's with the Cardinals. So that's a long list they lost there. Um, I think Argrave is going to be the biggest loss for them, even T.J. Edwards, but they brought in Nicholas Morrow and um, also former Georgia. Uh, N'Kobe Dean, linebacker, is going to probably take over for them as well. He lost a lot of safety with Chelsea Garner-Johnson, um, but I think they're, 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 they're banking on Terrell Edmonds to pick up some of that slack, and Sidney Brown, who they drafted in the third round from Illinois. Um, again, their offense is good. They got Jalen Hurts, receiver room solid, Devontae Smith. It's top-heavy with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, but um, they need some more depth for receiver. Quez Watkins is a number three who's just really a basic deep threat. Um, tight end ones, Avidala Scott is one of the best in the league. Good line, obviously, Lane Johnson. Um, Jordan Mailata, Jason Kelsey's still there, Landon Dickerson. Defensively, they were able to re-sign Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. Hassan Riddick was a great pickup for them in free agency last year. Linebacker-wise, again, it's going to be Nicobe Dean and probably Nicholas Morrow. And then at corner, they were able to retain Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Um, after it looked like they were going to cut Slay. But safety-wise, it's probably going to be Marcus Epps. Mar- after losing Marcus Epps, probably like Terrell, Terrell Edmonds and maybe Sidney Brown. I mean, the draft... They basically, of course, when Georgia Bulldog heavy, I think everyone knows that they won Jalen Carter at the tenth pick, who's a huge, you know, true boomer bust potential. If he's able to hit his potential, he could be a top defensive tackle in the league. But obviously, he has some off-field issues, whether that's the incident with the basically hit and run or whatever you want to call it, a part of the accident at Georgia. He had some character concerns, uh, basically, his, with his effort and practice. If he doesn't, you know, hit that, then he's going to be, you know, really a wasted pick for them. Nolan Smith. I think it reminded me a lot of Hassan Riddick, and if he becomes Hassan Riddick, that's going to be a huge boon for the Eagles. Um, and then Sidney Brown, that's a quality safety they got in the third round who eventually will start with them. And then Keely Ringo, I think, was a, um, basically a steal for them in the fourth round to come in and play corner and probably take you know Bradbury or Darius Slay's spot here in a year or two. And lastly, you have the Commanders. Obviously, this is a Commanders-based podcast. Um, their offseason, the biggest move the offseason to Snyder's Snyder's pretty much gone. Josh Harris is coming in. I think everyone knows they won the offseason for that. It's huge, huge, huge for this fan base. And they're very, very excited. I think no one can really um, take that away from the Washington fan base. Um, Their second biggest move is Eric Biennemi. Eric Biennemi is going to be a huge, huge get for this team, hopefully. Um, Never called plays yet, being with Kansas City and Andy Reid being the main play caller there. But he's learned learned from Andy Reid these last 10 years and hopefully can implement a lot of that Kansas City style into Washington because they need it. They need that winning attitude, that hard coaching that the enemy provides and something that could really, you know, um, you know, help set a culture for this team. That's why I'll counsel what I've heard from OTAs. The enemy's kind of running, the, running his own show on offense. Ron Rivera's giving him full authority to do so, and that's great to hear. He's not meddling or anything. It seemed like he was doing that with Scott Turner to an extent, but Turner, you know, didn't really have any leg to stand on. No really huge experience as a coordinator and was a poor coordinator, and that's why he's out of a job. Um, I'm going to hit more on the OTAs in minicamp in my next podcast episode, but by all you know indications I'm getting, 
I think this could be Ron's last year. Obviously, of course, if he's fired with the ownership, you know that, that's a given. But I think if they have a good year and Bienemy is one of the main reasons, I think Ron's going to retire and give Bienemy the head coaching position because the way he's running practice right now and is in charge of things, it's kind of like just kind of giving the team a preview of what life could be like with Bienemy being the head man. So um, I think if all goes well for Ron, I think he retires after this year and goes into a front office role that he already has. Maybe that's just going to be his main responsibility. And I think Bienemy is going to be the next head coach for the commanders. Um, and again, that, a lot of things can change that with ownership, but I think that's my opinion. I think that's the way Ron's kind of setting up his, his, his succession plan. Um, offensively, they signed Andrew Wiley from the Chiefs, bringing over him with the enemy was with in Kansas City. He's going to start a right tackle. Uh, Cody Barton, who they brought over to Seattle, is going to replace um, Cole Holcomb. Obviously, Jacoby Brissett. Um, Brought over from the Browns, he had a solid year for Cleveland. Um, someone that's obviously going to give um, Sam Howell run for his money and be a really solid backup. They signed Nick Gates from the Giants to come over and start at center, and their biggest move is just re-signing Deron Payne. Deron Payne was a hell of a player last year, eleven and a half sacks. Hopefully, those numbers are only going to stay that way or get better. Um, you know, him and Jonathan Allen are, you know, in my opinion, the best defensive tackle duo in the NFL. Um, and I really think that's going to, you know, really be the heartbeat of this team going forward. I think everyone knows that is the defensive line. There's work to be done, obviously. They need to resign Cam Curl, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, whoever they really decide between those two. Um, Antonio Gibson, someone to consider as well. They lost Cole Holcomb, a free agency to Pittsburgh. Heineke went to Atlanta by McCain of the Giants. Cam Sims, the special teams. Um, big target that I also always thought should have got more targets here in Washington and never did. Went to the Raiders and West Schweizers went to the Jets. Um, so again, a lot of still their side of this offseason, especially with Josh Harris not officially the owner. Hopefully that's sooner rather than later. Um, extensions need to be done. I think Cam Crow's the number one on that list just because he is, I think, the heartbeat of that defense right now. Every time they missed, he missed time last year, the team, the defense suffered. And I think that's really you know a testament to what he brings to this team um, with his play and obviously the way he's able to direct the defense and direct the secondary. Offensively, Sam Howell is that quarterback going forward. At least that's what it all looks like in the OTAs. You have to say Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson at running back. I'm uh, really excited to see that duo and what Antonio Gibson has, um, the role he has in Eric Benny offense. Love these receivers. Terry McLaurin's a top 10 receiver, in my opinion, especially with the quarterback plays he's had to deal with. Jahan Dotson, is, I think, is going to be a stud this year, have a breakout. I think he has 1,000 yards coming his way as long as he's able to stay healthy. Curtis Samuel is going to be a really, really good slot receiver and outside of when he plays at running back. Tight end, obviously, you have Logan Thomas, Cole Turner, um, Curtis Hodges, John Bates. Offensive line, you have Leno, looks like Sadiq Charles, Nick Gates, and then um, Sam Cosby at right guard, and Andrew Riley at right tackle. Hopefully that offense is going to be good, especially with the enemy. And if Sam Howell is just Heineke level, this team's going to win eight or nine games. I mean, if he's better than Heineke, maybe they can win ten. Um, so I really think that's the way it's going to be. I think Howell's going to have a nice year. Not expecting him to be a top five, top ten quarterback, but I expect him to be a Daniel Jones type of level of quarterback where he can, you know, help you stay in games, win you a few games here or there, um, but obviously not going to be a top level sovereign quarterback. But this team doesn't need that with the way their offense and roster is built. Um, offensively, obviously, you have a hell of a front four with Chase, Montez, Duran, and Jonathan Allen. Good depth pieces with Fedarian Mathis and hopefully KJ Henry, the rookie fifth rounder. Um, Linebacker-wise, you know, they need some depth. I think Jamin Davis is going to have a really, really breakout year in year three. He had a good year in year two, and he's only going to get better, in my opinion. Um, I expect him to have a really, really good year. Um, next to him is going to be Cody Barton from Seattle, who's an average player, in my opinion. He's really just another Cole Holcomb, maybe not as good. 
and then secondary wise and obviously the draft that kind of skipped over but obviously you had Emmanuel Forbes in the first round Quan Martin in the second round Ricky Stromberg in the third Braden Daniels in the fourth KJ Henry in the fifth Chris Rodriguez Jr. in the second excuse me sixth Andre Jones in the seventh I think obviously Forbes is going to be the one to have the biggest role. I think really he could be a defensive rookie of the year if he has you know four or five picks, which he definitely is capable of doing. You can have Forbes and Fuller on the outside. Looks like St. Juice on the inside. Really nice corner trio. They really need St. Juice to stay healthy though. Um, and then safety this is the best safety group they've had in you know 15, 20 years when Sean Taylor was here. Um, Cam Curl, uh, Derek Forrest Jr. I think is only going to get better. No one's talking about him, him as much as they should. He had such a great year last year. And then obviously you have Perry, uh, Percy Jones, uh, I'm Percy Jones, Percy Beller, excuse me, Jeremy Reeves, and they added Quan Martin. He's going to play that nickel role, um, corner safety, in my opinion. I think he's going to play some Buffalo nickel. They're going to want to get him on the field, but I don't know what his role is going to be, you know, with, you know, strong three corners in St. Juice, Fuller, and, um, you know, the rookie Emmanuel Forbes. But I'm excited to see Quan Martin, too. He's a hell of an athlete and someone that, you know, is always around the ball. And I'm, I'm excited to see his role going forward. Maybe his biggest role is going to be in 2024 after Kendall's free agent and, you know, St. Juice is going to be going into his fourth year. Maybe they make a decision on him if he's, you know, can't stay healthy. Um, so, you know, just my quick take on the division, how it's going to shake out in 2023. Obviously, really, really early. Um, but I think Eagles are going to be finished first. Um, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go for it. I like Commanders go second. I think they're going to have a solid year. Dallas third and Giants last. Um, of course, there could be some bias there. Maybe I'm too excited about Snyder leaving. But I think it's possible. The team has the roster to do it. And if how is above average this team can win 10 games they have the easiest schedule in the division still hard but it's still by you know statistics it's the easiest schedule in the league um i expect the giants take a step back i can see dallas take a step back it's very much the same team that's getting older and um you know i think mccarthy isn't the greatest coach um but we'll see i think dallas always is in for a few um duds throughout the year maybe this is the year they kind of fall apart or i could be wrong maybe this they're still solid win 11 12 games but either way this is a tough division and it's going to be a dog fight every week um you know, for this division in 2023. Well, that includes the Roman League episode. The NFC East is the toughest division of football, so Washington has an uphill battle to compete and make the playoffs in 2023. I do believe they have talent to do it, though. I'll be back next time with the Commander's minicamp recap as they head into the summer waiting for training camp. You can follow me on Twitter at scout 21 and Instagram at RomanLeague underscore pod. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.